Ever wondered what you could learn from financial planning from a cartoon? Well, this week on the podcast, we're going to talk about Homer Simpson and some financial lessons from uh, the guy who loves donuts. We're going to do that with Sean Lee right here on Retirement Elevated. Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Time for another edition of Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. And we're going to do some retirement planning with Homer Simpson. Uh, and uh, he likes donuts. Sean, do you? You like donuts? Uh, you know, I do, but I can only have like maybe half a one until they, they hurt my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not liking donuts that much if you only uh, eat a half of one. but I love the I love the taste. And my kids, you know, on the weekends, they'll come up, they'll get out of bed and be like, hey, let's go get some donuts. And we'll end up buying a dozen donuts or something. Oh, I gotcha. Three or four of them get eaten, and then the rest of them get junked. Oh, geez. Uh, that's a donut for you, right? So... Uh, that's what happens. Certainly, uh, it's it's one of those things where you, you get a craving for it, and then you're like, I just can't do another one. You know, or you're like, oh, that was a real bad idea. Yeah, exactly. But Homer loves him some donuts, and so we're gonna have some fun with this. Uh, we've done this about a million times on the podcast, where we do. I'm not sure if we've done an animated character before, where we do, you know, like uh, quotes basically from somebody. Any like we've done sports figures, we've done political persons, uh, we've done actors, philosophers, right? All kinds of stuff. And then let you kind of take a little financial spin at the quote. I'm not sure if we've done an animated character before. So I thought it'd be kind of fun. Uh, your kids love Homer. Who doesn't love Homer? He's funny. So and The Simpsons are, are pretty spot on with a lot of things. They really are. And 30, they, 35 years they've been around. That's Crazy. Wild. Isn't that wild? So... So we'll have some fun with it, right? So we'll just uh, we'll do this and, and uh, maybe the, get a good chuckle out of it. Maybe we'll put in some some dolt sound effects here and here. Dolt! Dolt! Uh, <laughs> from time to time. But uh, here's a first quote from Homer. He said, kids are great. You can teach them to like what you like or dislike what you dislike. And, you know, but with the Internet now and all, they practically raise themselves. <laughs> and, and that's certainly true. You know, this the generation now, uh, Sean, they're the first ones to grow up completely with the full, super fast functioning smartphone generation. Uh, which is kind of wild to you and me, especially. I mean, you're a few years younger than me, but I kind of, you know, I kind of liked growing up when I grew up and didn't have access to all this stuff because you didn't have to think about it. But there's a lot of things that can be good in here, but also kind of bad in here. And I guess from this standpoint, you know, how you, you got two little ones, right? What kind of lessons that you teach them about money, um, you know, even though you do this for a living, just anybody in general, like the kids pick up on stuff, whether you mean to teach them a good lesson or a bad lesson, they, they see stuff and they kind of emulate it. Oh, a hundred percent. And I, you know, it's funny about my kids is that I've got, my kids are on different ends of the spectrum when it comes to how they view money. Um, my daughter is very frugal. She doesn't like to spend money. Mm. She, she feels bad if, you know, if we go to the store, um, and she wants to get something and it's 20 bucks. Like she just, she does not want to spend <laughs> money sweet. at all. And, and she's very, she's a super creative kid. And so in a lot of cases, like when she wants to go to the store, it's like to a Joann's or a Michael's where she can buy fabric and create or, or do something like that. Okay. And every time we go, dad, I'm going to spend my own money. I've got money. We're going to go. And, you know, I end up buying it for, cause I don't think she should have to buy money to, or, not buy money, but right. she should have to spend her money to do certain things. My son, he is Total the upset. spender in our household. Like yeah. he, he, it's and it, you know part of that's on me because we have a lot of the same likes. Okay, um, 
And, you know, a lot of the, we're, we both love, you know, sneakers, we love sports. And, and so the things that I spend money on, right? Like if I, if I want to get a pair of Jordans, I'll get a pair of Jordans. Right. But I've earned that right. And my son, he's like, oh dad, I need a pair of Jordans. <laughs> I need another new so, ba- $400 baseball so bat. So you got to be careful, right? Because you're like, wait a minute, pal. You got to earn this. Oh, he, he, you look at my daughter. My, my daughter has cash. My son, if he gets 20 bucks, he's bought the next baseball or Lego thing or it's whatever. Gone. Yeah. It's, it's gone. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's a tale of two worlds. But at the end of the day, like our job is to teach our kids, hey, anything you get, you have to work for. Mm-hmm. And you know, growing up the way I grew up, like money is, is valuable. I, you, when I grew up, I didn't know we didn't have a ton. So it was, all right, we got to make everything last. And, and now that, that I'm an adult and we're in a position to where we can say like saving is really important to us and, and, and passing those kids on to my kids. Okay. Now you, my daughter works here part-time in the summer. Hey, 50% of your check is going to your fidelity account. That's just the way it is. I want to create those those habits. So, when especially they do the get sa- out- yeah, especially the saving habits. That's awesome, right? So, for a lot of our listeners and your clients, you know, their their children are probably grown, but this is certainly certainly good for their grandchildren too, right? Well, and I see a lot of our our clients are are telling their kids, "Hey, you need to get in. You need to start saving in your four hundred one k early. You need to look at what your options are. Yeah, and, and and build those habits because if you build those habits in, they become ingrained in you early on. Mm-hmm. Then as raises come and as you start to start to get paid more, you go out into the real world. You've already got good savings habits where you're light years ahead of those. Yeah. That- yeah, Don't for sure. Save. Yeah, friend, another advisor friend of mine over on the East Coast uh, just went into a high school and, and they asked him to come down and have a conversation with the kids about saving because he's a financial professional. And, and he was showing them some stuff where just putting two hundred dollars a month, you know, away a month, you know, for thirty years, you know, whatever the numbers exactly were, made him a millionaire, like one point one million dollars, something like right. that. And these kids, like he said, that you could pick their job off the floor. They were like, yeah, I want to be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? I mean, that's like the goal, right? Everybody wants to be the millionaire, but nobody wants to put, not everybody wants to put the work in. The and principles. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. we're a society where the, the car that you drive, the house you own, the boat you have, the RV you have, all that the perception of wealth comes from those things. For sure, yeah. Not actually what your bank account Well, it's instant take. gratification versus delayed, right? So working and putting that money away for 40 years takes, takes discipline. Right. And that's the harder part to teach, right? So Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, good stuff for sure. Uh, yeah, so be intentional about the financial lessons you're teaching the next generation or even your grandkids, right? So same kind of thing. Uh, all right. Homer also said people could come up with statistics to prove anything. 14% of all people know that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is – look at what's going on in our world right now. I mean, there's statistics for everything. CPI and, numbers? <laughs> yeah, I mean – the polling numbers for the for the elections, the all sorts of things. When we look at it from a plan, uh, financial planning perspective, you know the one like statistic that jumps out at me that scares the daylights out of people that that people that advisors really promote is uh-huh. you know sixty percent or whatever of all Americans are going to go into long term care facility, mm-hmm. and, and and that that is a, a an accurate number. However. That number is not a hundred percent accurate because what they count in those numbers are, uh, and I use my family as an example with this as well. 
You know, my, my grandmother in Rhode Island, before she passed away, she would have bladder infections and, and it put her up in the hospital and she'd have to go into a rehab facility for a couple of weeks. Mm. Guess what? That counts. Counts. gets checked into the number. Yeah. My, yeah. my grandfather who had a stroke, he had open heart surgery in Wyoming. He was put in a rehab facility for a couple of months, couple, you know, at various times. Guess what? That number counts. It's not like it's the... It's not the permanent number. It's no, yeah. it's and and people do go into those facilities. Like my wife's grandfather in in Boise, he was in a memory care unit for five years. Right. Yeah. You know, so that there are count. those extreme. Yeah. That yeah. that counts. He right. lived there, but there's so many different number or so many different situations that get lumped into that number, and oh, people yeah. only grasp on the sixty percent. And this is what I'm going to market. This one beat up. But. Well, you know, it's an interesting conversation about numbers, right? Because on the one hand, what you do for a living, right? You could easily say, hey, numbers don't lie, right? I've got this in black and white. Here's the data. Here's your income. Here's what you're spending. Here's what you need to get, right? Like you can do those hard and fast data numbers uh, in black and white, but then you can also do things like statistics. Uh, I'm, I'm reminded of this interesting you know, thing I had seen years ago where a theoretical physicist, physicist said that with math, they could prove that an elephant could hang off the side of the edge of a cliff with its tail tied to a daisy and not fall. They could prove that with math. However, your mind and your common sense says there's no way in the world <laughs> right. that can happen, right? So you can make math be a little tricky. Too right, so it's really inter- it's an interesting you know dichotomy, and I think when you're getting kind of philosophical and big numbers and statistics, that's when it gets kind of weird. But if you're really breaking down something as simple as here's how much money we have coming in each month, here's how much money we are spending out for expenses, this is what's left over that we're saving for retirement and or using uh, in retirement, you know, or adding to you know our experiences. To me, that's a little bit more concrete. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, and then, and don't hang off the edge of a cliff with your tail tied to a daisy. No. Uh, I don't think that's a good idea. It's a bad ending. (laughs) All right. Homer also said, let's not panic, Sean. I'll make the money by selling one of my livers. I can get by with just one. Uh, So the reality, I think, here is that sometimes people do fool themselves getting close to retirement, right? Well, let's just, we'll just cut our, we'll cut our cost, we'll cut our expenses a little bit and we'll be able to make this work. That's a bad idea. That's a bad recipe, I think. Well, yeah, it, the the key there was, I think we'll be able to make it work. Right. Right. Like, if you're not 100% sure or 99% sure that it's going to work, mm-hmm. then maybe you should rethink retirement. And so, True. you know, in, in our in our planning process, and, and we're, I'm, we're going through this right now in a year, you know, we're having discussions around income versus growth because income producing assets did have done something differently than growth producing assets. But at the end of the day, when we start, when we look at, at, at a plan Mm -hmm. and in our planning software, we follow Monte Carlo simulations. So we do run a thousand different scenarios and we've got great performing scenarios. We got bad markets, but I would rather be within the ballpark of being right, you know, in all those scenarios, knowing that, Hey, if, if crap hits the fan, we're still going to be okay. And then if things go well, we're going to still be okay. I'd rather, I'd rather be in a range than have to be either precisely right or precisely wrong. Because if we have to be precisely right and we're not right, that's going to create chaos. But if we can fall within a Monte Carlo simulation, knowing that there's a hundred percent chance of success and you're going to fall 
between here and here, now we can have some confidence knowing that, hey, I can do the things that I want to do in retirement. I can go out and I can enjoy. I can do the trips. I can do the fun stuff. And no matter what the markets do or no matter what happens economically, as long as I stay within this range, I'm going to be all right. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you know, obviously this is, you know, silly for him. You know, he's saying, I can sell one of my livers, but people right. like who wants to go backwards in retirement, right? Like, right. like if when you're sitting there planning it, if you, if you're trying to do the back of the napkin retirement planning for yourself and you're like, okay, we need $5,000 a month to, to make this work. If we, if this happens and this happens and we tweak this and we do that, uh, yeah, we're good. And that's a, I mean, when does life ever go exactly as you planned it? Right. So right. you're just setting yourself up for, you know, for potential failure and you don't want to alter the lifestyle that you've been working so hard for 40 years for, if you can help it. So assuming that you can quote unquote, Sarah, uh, sell, a spare liver is not the best way to go. You want a realistic plan that works well for you and also hopefully gets you to where you want to be without having to cut corners. Why not plan for the worst and hope for the best? Right? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Right. Just pretty simple. That's a pretty good uh, basic philosophy. Homer should try that. He should. Uh, especially when he comes to working on that nuclear power plant, he'd stop from having issues. <laughs> All right. Uh, final one here. Uh, just having some fun on this podcast with Homer Simpson. All my life I've had one dream and that's to achieve my many many goals. <laughs> so he has more than one dream, uh, but he lumped them all together in multiple goals. But isn't that retirement, Sean? Like the dream is to get to retirement and and tackle some of those many goals that you may have had along the way. But you got to do that like systematically too. Like you can't, well, to keep my elephant reference, you can't eat an elephant all in one bite. You got to eat, how do you eat an elephant? Kid joke, right? One bite at a time. Right. Right. I mean, the goals are fun to think about. And you know, and that, that comes back to the, the planning side is that, hey, I, I want to do certain things at certain times. And, and I just met with a family yesterday that their big thing when they retired was, hey, we want to take our entire family to Mexico for a week. Like, okay, well, let's, let's, let's look at that. Let's see how that fits into the plan. And, you know, last June, they took 40 people to, to Cancun. 40? Wow. 40 people to, to this resort in, in Cancun. And they, and, and they were able to experience that with their, this trip with, to celebrate all the hard work that had gone in with kids and grandkids. And, and, and you know, that's a, that's a big goal, right? But that was a goal that was planned for, that was paid for, and enjoyed without, hopefully without a lot of stress. I mean, it took about a year and a half for them to plan it. But it even comes down to when you're looking at, at smaller goals, you know, I've got to, I want to buy a car or, you know, I've got to pay for a wedding or, you know, whatever those goals may be. If you can put together a plan of action to get you to, to where, where you want to be or to get you to this financial goal, you're much more likely to execute that if it's, if it's laid out and planned than if you're just like, Hey, I want to do all these things. Don't know if I can, don't know how. But I want to achieve all these goals. It's just not going to work if there's not a plan of action. Yeah. Yeah, you got to chip away at it, right? Right. So, yeah, you got all these different things you want to do. You want to remodel the kitchen and you want to, uh, I don't know, this, that, or the other, right? Pay off debt. Take 40 people to Mexico. (laughs) Such a cool experience. (laughs) Very, very cool. Uh, But, you know, you got to definitely, that stuff's got to be strategized. It's got to be planned for. Right. And so that's what a proper strategy and planning does. And, And, of course, that's what Sean and his team can help you with. That's what they do all the time so rather than kind of relying on somebody is uh is sweet and endearing but also dopey as homer simpson 
Uh, you want to talk with qualified professionals like Sean and his team at Elevated Retirement Group. Make sure you check them out online and subscribe to the podcast and all that good jazz at ElevateMyRetirement.com. That's ElevateMyRetirement.com. And reach out to them again at the website if you need some help. Sean, thanks for hanging out, my friend. Always appreciate you. You guys got uh, time we're taping this. You guys got the new open house for the new place going on, right? We do. Yeah. So yeah, that's happening, what, uh, later fun. today? Yeah. Yeah, here in a couple hours. Very, very cool. So hope everybody enjoys the new place, getting everything all uh, situated. Is it feeling like home yet? Uh, we love it, man. It's it's so good. We've got our, our baseball boys are here all the time. Uh, we've got, you know, in our gym and our team is here every day. Uh, they're back. They, they want to be in, in this place. It's it's open. It's, it's clean. It's just a, a nice place for us to all be. Nice. Very cool. We'll have a great party this evening, and we will see you next time right here on Retirement Elevated with Sean Lee. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor.